Hello and welcome to What Have I Done with me, Caroline Jones. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest to discover how the spark of an idea set them on their fundraising journey. They'll explain why they chose their particular charity and share the highs and lows that invariably come with the intensity of fundraising. At the centre of each conversation is an emotional story of how inner grit and determination can lead to a lasting legacy for the fundraiser and for the charity. Causes close to your heart are very often the start point for fundraising. Having been diagnosed and treated for breast cancer, Diane Copsey decided to fundraise for Copperfield, a breast charity that focuses on breast and pecs awareness. Signing herself up for the Copperfield 100km Pembrokeshire Coast Trek was, in Diane's words, the easy part. The hard part came when the training started in parallel with the fundraising. Diane's story is a great example of I-can-do-it attitude signing herself up and knowing somehow she would raise the funds needed to take part. I hope you enjoy our conversation and feel inspired to get involved with your own challenge. The links to Diane's fundraising and the link to Copperfield are in the show notes. Thank you, Diane, for such a wonderful conversation and to you for listening. Diane, thank you so much for joining me on What Have I Done, the podcast that aims to delve into inspiring fundraising activity. And I, I'm so pleased to have you on the show because we have a bit of history, which I think we really ought to start with by fessing up on, because <laughs> you and I, we go back. Okay. We do. Um, I had the honour of styling you, do you remember? for um, uh, a Love Your Clothes campaign that was run by the government-backed RAP just after I'd finished my Knickers Model Zone campaign. And we came together, didn't we, in a Cancer Research UK shop. And I got to style you for the day and you were just the dream person to style. (laughs) Was I? (laughs) You really were. And so, you know, we've stayed in touch, haven't we, through that. Yeah, that was wonderful. It really was. And you were so, not only were you a lovely person to meet and style, you were also genuinely interested in my story and Cancer Research UK's campaign. And I, you know, I felt a lot of warmth from you. And I think we had a great day, didn't we? You know, we you did were. have a great day. I loved it. And I can't believe you said, do you remember? I mean, it is five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> lots I, happened I, yeah I absolutely loved it and you know I've worked quite hard to get to meet you <laughs> that was that. my motivation oh. I need to meet Caroline you were lovely to to talk to and very warm in your personality and I knew that we'd stay friends and we did didn't we we, we yeah. had a great day together we yeah. stayed friends and then you had your own story a few yes, years later. I did. I did yeah. Tell me about that. So um, when I first met you, actually, my sister had already had breast cancer. I was really sensitive to it because I had seen what you were doing. And that was, you know, what first attracted me to your story. I just absolutely loved seeing what you were doing, reading your book. Um, but yeah, I was really conscious about the reason why you were doing it. And I kind of felt how painful that must be. Anyway, 
um, my story was, yeah, so that was uh, three years ago, so a couple of years after we met. Um, yeah, I just found I'd actually been dieting. <laughs> I was admiring my new body, and I thought, what's that? Uh, yeah, it's really weird because it wasn't a lump. It was just like a little pucker in the breast. Um, I went to the doctor, didn't think. In fact, I thought to myself, I think that's what people go to the doctor with. I didn't think, oh, I must run to the doctor. I just thought, oh, that's what people run to go to the doctor with. And um, so when they were, they were said, yeah, we can't feel anything, but we will refer you. You know, you've got a bit of family history. Um, and yeah, within a couple of weeks, I found out I had breast cancer. It took quite a long time before I knew what my treatment plan was, but I, I feel so lucky. I, I, I had to have a lumpectomy, chemotherapy and radiotherapy went really well actually you know mm. I, I feel so appreciative of it and um so I finished my um treatment two years ago now and I've been able to just move on and not dwell on it too much and they've said to me you know we've got you back to base level as I said I'm always conscious just keep an eye out nothing is guaranteed um but I feel like I'm able to just carry on without dwelling on it too much yeah and you are you you're looking back at me on the screen now you look amazing Diane you look full of life and full of happiness <laughs> red, red. no but you do and I, I've we've we've met several times and you are a great example of somebody that's living your life for the, uh, at the moment and I think that's such a good positive message you know and you mentioned you'd had chemotherapy lumpectomy radiotherapy that that's very harsh treatment each of those mm. are very difficult things to go through and I'm sure you went through a lot and had some very low moments uh, and and to hear you saying that you're in the, a good place now is just wonderful I'm really pleased to hear that and oh thank you I mean I I'm really conscious that so many people have it. So many people have breast cancer. So many people have cancer. And I just feel like so many people go through a terrible, terrible time. And I don't feel like I did go through that as terrible a time as some people. So anyway, that's why I feel, yeah, just lucky. Yeah. I Well, I think the more we talk about awareness, the more we talk about checking your breasts men and women that's got to be the message that we get out there now you fundraised for a charity that some listeners may have heard of some listeners may not have heard of Copperfield and it's a charity that I am aware of because they make a very powerful impact very visual with their campaign activity and I want to touch on that charity why you connected with Copperfield specifically and what support you had from them and, and, and why did you choose that charity before we go on to talk about how you fundraised, if that's okay. Of course. I was aware of um, Chris Helenga, who um, is the lady who founded the charity with her twin sister. I was aware of her because when I went through my cancer, and I don't know if you've experienced the same with your um, when you went through your mum's story, um, I became very interested in all the literature and all the podcasts and everything. So I became aware of Chris Helenga and she's really inspirational. Um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer very young. She had to fight for her diagnosis because of her age. I think that 
the doctors perhaps didn't expect that it would be breast cancer. And she tells all this in her story. She's written a book as well. And so she was very young in her mid-20s and she was diagnosed. By the time she got her diagnosis, it was um, stage four cancer. So it means that it's incurable and uh, but it can be treated. And she's lived with it for 12, 15 years, I think now. So that's how I became aware of her, Copperfield because I was so interested in her story and she and her sister set up Copperfield Charity um, and they aim to empower everyone but particularly young people to know the risks uh, to know what to look for with breast cancer to know that you can get breast cancer at any age anybody any gender um, and they aim to empower by uh, informing people what to look for, um, how to look, um, and they, yeah, as you said, they are such a vibrant charity. They're so visual, fun, contemporary, like really relevant to the kids, which obviously I'm not, but I just, yeah, I thought, I think they're brilliant. You obviously had that, connect, you connected with that charity. So there was something that that that's one that story of the founder and then the podcast as well. So this multi-layered um, observation that you had of the charity was a charity that connected with you. And I'm I'm just thinking from a from the charity's point of view. You know, if the charities are listening here, it's interesting that that's what drew you to that charity, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Because there yeah. are other charities out there talking about breast cancer, but Copperfield specifically, it sounds like you were interested in that approach they had to talking about it. Yes. And since I have uh, got to know them better and I've visited their offices, that's just, um, I, I, I get that feeling even more now because I've, I've been there, I've seen it. They're, they're absolutely brilliant fun, actually. I've met them all, not met them all, but I've met the ones that um, we trekked with. I've been into the office. It's just crazy. It's all set up so beautifully. They've got like um, a lamp in the shape of a boob and yeah, it's great in there. So um, I think they are just very, as I said, relevant to young people and the vibrancy and the fun just is something that attracts people and yeah and that's really good because then people are interested and yeah they've got a big social media presence as well and how mm. they um use that is great because again people are attracted and what's this about and then yeah they're, they're getting the story out there and you know making people more aware so you've done your research you'd been listening to these podcasts uh having been through your own cancer treatment at what point did you think Right, I'm now moving on from being a listener and a learner um, and taking in all this information and being engaged with that. At what point did you decide, I'm going to be a fundraiser? I'm going to do something to give to support the charity? Talk, I, I want to know this backstory because I think there's more to it. Well, if I'm absolutely honest, it wasn't such a sort of smooth transition as that. Um, I heard about Chris I listened to her um I knew about Copperfield and I followed them on social media but what what happened just uh, you know everything sort of worked out well together so I finished I left work um in February this year just had a few months off and I followed Giovanna Fletcher on um Instagram and I knew obviously I knew about the treks that they did 
I just thought, yeah, that looks great. Wow, great. Um, and I just saw Giovanna put a post up saying that the last day for entry for the trek was tonight. And I thought, oh, this is perfect. I hadn't realised, I just hadn't realised, but I'd just left work. I had time, or in fact, I hadn't left work. I'd given him my notice, so I knew I, I had time approaching. And I just thought, this is great. I mean, not just for the charity. I will be honest, this is also great for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a challenge. Um, this and you is seen, had you seen changing. it? And had you seen it on Twitter? Where had you seen about? Where, you know, where, you'd seen it on Instagram. Instagram. Yes, so you're but scrolling I had, through, and you saw you saw. Giovanna uh, actually making an appeal. Not uh, an appeal. I don't think they need to appeal. I mean, everybody's interested, and everybody wants to apply. Uh, you know, they have lots of applications. Um, and I had seen previous treks. So, and also they're celebrity, they have celebrity team leaders. So that makes it even more of, um, uh, you know, more visual in terms of if you're following one of those team leaders, then you're also seeing it. So anyway, so I saw Giovanna's um, post and it is trekking with G. So that's what I did. I trekked for Copperfield and it's called um, uh, Copperfield or Copper Trek with G. So it's Giovanna Fletcher. Okay. Um, who is an author and she does the um, Love Your Baby, um, Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast, yes. et cetera. So let me think about the next part of the story. Yes. Yeah, so then I had to make an application and I did it while I was at work, but I was leaving work. My, my colleague came over. She said, what are you doing? I said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You're now fessing up on, on this podcast. And you were doing that while working. I love that. Don't we all do things well, like that? The, what was the worst they could do? Yeah, true, true. But your time scale was short, was it? You heard this, you'd seen it this on, on Instagram, yeah. you know, the night before. So you quickly, what, quickly filling in a form and thinking, yeah. I really want to do this. I really want to be picked to join the Absolutely. track. Absolutely. Yes, yes, I did. Um, and I just should say as well, um, my best friend, Kath, I, she actually just completely independently um, and for different reasons, she was also off work for a bit. She'd um, taken voluntary redundancy. So she had a gap, she had a gap in her diary, let's say. <laughs> and um, I just texted her. I just said, oh, look, I'm applying for this. Not, not shall we do this together. I just wanted her to know, especially as the, it was like the deadline was coming. I just said, I've seen this. I'm applying for this just in case you're interested. And she said, oh, I've been looking at that for a couple of weeks. I thought, well, why didn't you blooming tell me? <laughs> yes. But she, she said, I've been looking for, at it for a couple of weeks, but she said, I think the fundraising is going to be too much of a challenge. So I said, well, we can we can overcome that. Um, I said, I'm applying. And she said, so am I then. So we did apply completely independently, but that is part of the story. So I think it's important. Yeah. Um, so you're you're sitting at your computer. You have no idea how you're going to fundraise. We haven't talked about the actual amount you needed to raise. What 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 do you what did you need? And what was the overall? Was there a target for the total trek? And what did you need to raise individually? Yes. So the target for the trek was four hundred thousand um, pounds. Individually, we were required to raise two thousand two hundred fifty. Plus, we needed to pay two hundred fifty pounds to join the trek because we need to be catered for whilst trekking um I mean it's it's not obviously um it feels like quite a lot of money but it didn't feel like an impossible task 
But at that point, you had not, I sense, I'm sure we'll come on to that, but you you've not really thought about how you're going to get that money. You were just going to get that money. We'll worry about that when it happens. Meanwhile, let's fill the form in and let's get into this trek. And by the way, you've never mentioned to me ever that you've trekked before in your life. (laughs) We need to come on to that as well. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I should say as well, that's also a relevant part of the story is that I, I fundraised a few years ago because I did the London Marathon. So I did know that I had some tools if you know what I mean Mm. when I when I filled out the form I thought I've got tools I I know what I can perhaps do and what do you mean by that as in as in determination tools or contacts what 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 were you think because that's a really really interesting point at that moment you've done fundraising before and I think people who are new to fundraising might really pick up on that you know having done it once you've you've proved to yourself that you can do it again so you've obviously come back to it with a little bit of more confidence in 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 getting this funding off the ground yes so um when I say tools I probably mean both actually um confidence and contacts and ideas as well but the other thing I should say um is I found the fundraising previously so that was about four four or five years ago um it was quite challenging and when I actually found out that I had the place on the trek the day before I did think to myself I could do without doing this because it is going to be a lot of work I I didn't think I'd get in anyway I thought there'd be loads of um, applications so it wasn't that I thought it wasn't that I did it you know thinking yeah this is going to be great I knew it's going to be a challenge in every way trekking one thing but um totally another thing totally Mm. so you did have that feeling that so many of us have of you've got a great creative idea you're going to trek and for the trek excuse me you're going to raise some money you're going to raise you know over 2,200 pounds but you'll do that somehow. You hadn't really thought that through. But there's always that, I think, that seed of doubt. As soon as you have that creative idea of, oh, okay, the reality is I'm going to have to fundraise. I'm going to have to come up with some idea. We'll come Mm. back to that in a moment. Mm. So you fill the form in, not thinking that you would get a place on the trek. A little bit like the marathon. Was it the same feeling then? Did you think you'd get into the London Marathon? Well, I, I got a charity place for the London Marathon. I love how there was just a throwaway comment there that, you know, I've done fundraising before, I've run the London Marathon, like that was a a breeze. But you and I both know, well, I don't know, but you (laughs) surely know that 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 in itself was a very hard challenge. You know, so many people start a marathon and it's a heck of a challenge so you, you've done a challenge before a physical challenge yes I have but as I said um and never forget that it was a, a slow jog or a walk it was never a run listen who, <laughs> if you got that 26.2 miles thank you I take my hat off to anybody were you in fancy dress or were you in your normal sprinting wear oh yeah I was in my sprinting wear Wow, the fancy dress, I, I just find it so, yeah, I mean, 
so much admiration for those guys who do that. Don't know how they do, but yes. Yeah, no. So I, I fundraised for um, another charity before when I ran the job to the marathon. So that had already you proved to yourself, hadn't you? I suppose that you can get over literally the finishing line of a challenge. You can, yes. you've done that before. So, I, well, I'm wondering, was that the in the back of your mind, were you sort of saying to yourself, I've done that before, I can do something else? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't phased by it. Um, I So when, as I mentioned, my friend Kath um, was also going to do it, and when she said, I think the fundraising will be a challenge, yeah, I agree, it is a challenge, but that was absolutely fine. I didn't think it was a challenge that we couldn't overcome. And did you break it down at that point? Were you thinking, I've got a physical trek to do, and, and I... I we'll talk about that tell me about what the actual trek entailed I mean a trek to me sounds like I don't know 45 minutes and a little sit down and a sandwich (laughs) job done well I yeah so at that point no I didn't consider the trek at all I just thought this is fantastic I'm going to go on a trek. It's going to be life-changing. I'm going to be raising money for Copperfield and I'm going to meet some celebrities. Okay, in that order. I like that. Interesting, um, though. Isn't, isn't that interesting that that was the hook? You know, and, and for charities to keep um, going with their fundraising in such challenging times, particularly at the moment, it is a hook. It is coming up with a new idea, multifaceted, and that sounds to me like that was the pull for you it, it, it was it was ticking lots of boxes why yeah. shouldn't you meet somebody that you admire I think that's brilliant yeah. I mean I think that is actually also the case in my own fundraising um you know what's what's the hook um but yeah we can go back to that so at the time I did not think about the challenge of the trek I just thought really about the challenge of the fundraising yeah, I mean, there was a training plan for the trek and I didn't really worry about it too much. I, I wasn't um, like dismissing it because I know it's important, but it wasn't as important to me as the fundraising. That was what I was focusing on when I when I found out that I'd got in. I thought, right, right. We, and we didn't have that much time either because I found out in February and we were trekking in June and we needed to, we really needed to raise our, our target before we trekked that was going to be much more practical than trying to continue or finish the fundraising afterwards so really we had four months which isn't that much time really no there's a lot of overlapping things going on there first of all you didn't really expect to be selected did you mm-hmm. no you I thought didn't, no. it's a lottery isn't it how, how it is it is but it's um so there were over a thousand people who entered and approximately 100 got in I think I've got that right so it's it's quite good odds um you know compared to something say like the London Marathon which is almost impossible um but it was still yeah it was still uh you know great that we got in on those odds and you both got in because yeah because of Kath and fundraise together as well so I will keep saying we. Absolutely. I think that's so important. There's always somebody or or a team or a family or group of friends in the background. They are, I think, as important. You did the fundraising together, but it's so important to reference these people because great fundraising relies on a team effort. No mm. doubt about that, <clears throat> and support from your pe- from people around you. So you got the app. Both of you had got in. Yes. What were the odds of that? Number one. Yeah, I know. And and this is February. 
and yes. the trekking is happening in June. So yes. where are you in your head? You've got a physical challenge to get fit for. How yes. far was the trek? 100 kilometres. Oh, not, not, over... half, not 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was over five days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so training was... for that, how, how do you, where do you even start? Yeah, so... Um, they did have a training plan and that was fine. It felt like as long as we were physically fit, which I felt like I, you know, I'd put work in already, I'd, you know, in the gym and things like that, just to keep pretty fit. Um, and then the idea was as the trek approached that to actually start going out properly walking for long periods of time, because what the trek involved was um, approximately 20 K a day which is um sort of a half marathon a day which is pretty doable um you know for anybody you could probably do that quite easily but I don't say for anybody of course that's really awful it's not not everyone's as fortunate but if you're quite if you're fit it's probably not a massive challenge to do that but I think maybe the bigger challenge is um to do it every day for five days yeah because there's going to be a point where, well, was was there a was there a point in your training, let's say, that you thought, wow, actually, this is a lot. This this is going to be a combined five days of a lot of walking, and it's going yeah. to have its um, it's going to impact my my legs, my knees, my feet. Yeah. I probably didn't worry about it enough, if I'm honest. No. Um, but don't yeah. you think that's possibly that's possibly going back down to people who fundraise who just you know the success of a good fundraiser is not maybe not to overthink things and not to over worry and just to throw yourself into something and I don't know this sort of belief that it will be okay on the night it will sort itself out because I think knowing you I think that's what I would say is you 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 don't over worry you don't over worry about stuff Mm, I do but well (laughs) but small irrelevant things you know the big stuff that's fine (laughs) that thing I said to someone 30 years ago I'm really worried about that yeah (laughs) I mean mean in the challenge and I think (laughs) that you you knew that there was going to be a finishing line and I'm sure I felt confident about doing the challenge and I knew that there were going to be a lot of other people doing it and I knew you know together we would do it and we got a lot of support like that from Copperfield so I felt I felt okay about that I also felt okay about the fundraising because I did know that you know somehow some way it would be all right so I wasn't I wasn't quaking in my boots about it um yeah I just I was excited and I thought brilliant this is a challenge and bring it on yeah perfect and where was the challenge? Where did the actual trek happen? In uh, Along the Pembrokeshire coast. So beautiful. Mm. Um, and I hadn't actually been there before. And it was amazing. Yeah. And were you camping between the treks? That was my biggest or challenge. Or a five-star hotel? <laughs> I, that was what I worried about most. I don't camp. I've got, I've got to camp. Like, I can trek. I can't camp. Um, but as it turned out, the camping was, it was really fine um, because all we had to worry about was getting up in the morning, trekking. And then when we came back, it was all fully catered. It was beautifully catered. 
in a lovely tent. We didn't have to think about what are our children doing, what was our husband doing. We just had to think about ourselves. The biggest thing about the challenge was um, the actual feet. And I didn't realise that. And I thought that I'd got lots of advice beforehand. And again, Copperfield supported us with that because Copperfield had um, Charity Challenge. They employed Charity Challenge to actually run the track. So we had Zoom calls with Copperfield. We had Zoom calls, which included Charity Challenge. So they gave us a lot of advice. So I didn't really think about my feet. I just thought about the camping. <laughs> um, but the advice was, you know, get good boots. Uh, they told you how to avoid blisters. So I thought, well, that's going to be fine because I know what to do. I know how to avoid blisters. Um, I know to get good boots. I went out um, and practiced in my boots. But when you're doing 20K a day for five days, you, you can't practice that, you know, unless you're a season tricker. So um, the blisters were terrible, absolutely absolutely terrible and that is enough to stop people tracking the blisters oh, so gosh. luckily on the last two days and um, because the weather was good I was able to wear my trainers if I hadn't been able to wear my trainers I don't know if I'd been able to track the last two days the feet were terrible but everybody was in the same situation and something yeah. that looks so innocuous and small can be so painful I mean I, I've not tracked but I know what a blister feels like so to have to have that constant pain is I'm sure um, physically just just on your mind all the time so what do they do do they have to support people supporting do they help with they do they do so charity challenge have a good team who are with each of the individual teams they have sort of backup people to come mm. and uh, provide water they will tape your feet up for you and things like that but it's yeah, I think it's sort of hard to describe the blisters in a way. People were losing toenails left, right and centre. Oh, <laughs> was, dear. Yeah. But anyway. Nice. We'll put a warning on the podcast just at this point <laughs> for anybody who doesn't <laughs> like toenails. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to What Have I Done with me, Caroline Jones. And now back to the conversation. That's the physical challenge that right there and then, isn't it? It's, it's almost like a classic challenge, uh, um, low, because foot pain and, you know, if you're walking or running or climbing, that's that's going to happen. So that was your physical moment of discomfort. No, but you gritted down. How did you find, how did you, you know, when you felt like that, did you just want to stop or did you think, no, no way, we were carrying um, on? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't ever consider that I wouldn't do the challenge. And we just, we shared our pain. But there were so many of us in the same boat, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Well, I hope your feet are well now. They're much better. I think when I saw you, I, I think I probably said, don't look at, no, that was, I didn't see you afterwards. I, I saw someone else afterwards. I said, don't look at my feet. <laughs> I hope your no, I hope your feet are well, but it does take a while. I know marathon runners talk about the, the you know, their feet take ages to recover, their nails grow back slowly. So it's uh, a reminder of of your feet. And on the challenge itself, on the trek itself, what was the camaraderie like? Oh, amazing. I mean, that was one of the biggest parts of it, I think. Um, yeah, the team spirit. So charity challenge always support Copperfield or are employed by Copperfield however you put it um to do the trek and they said that they always 
fight, like the personnel always fight to be on the challenge and to be chosen to do the challenge because the atmosphere, the camaraderie, um, yeah, the whole vibe of it is just so uplifting, vibrant. And yeah, it, I can't sort of stress that enough if anybody ever feels like doing a trek or applying for a trek. Yeah, it's so worth it. It's wonderful. I mean, everybody's got a story. Not not that everybody has to have a story. You know, people want to support the charity. They don't have to have had the experience. Um, but there are lots of stories. And, yeah, it's just really uplifting and fun. And Copperfield are hilarious. The people who, the representatives are hilarious. And every evening, so Giovanna Fletcher is also hilarious. Every evening they would do a, um, like a debrief. I mean, that was a highlight. It was brilliant. <laughs> and I think I think being in that team, although it was something you needed to get over the finishing line, being in the team environment, you know, you're not on your own, are you? So if anybody's so. listening, thinking, I'd quite like to do a fundraising activity in a team environment, it sounds like a great challenge and ticks a lots of boxes. You were talking earlier about meeting Giovanni and... Um, doing something physical, doing this beautiful trek in a, in a wonderful location. So it sounds like almost like the perfect fundraiser for anybody, you know, wanting to explore um, a challenge for themselves. So I think definitely I'm, I'm, um, I'll put the links on the podcast. I'll put the links in the notes so people can look it up for next year when the applications open. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk yeah. about the money then. Okay, yes. so you'd got to raise £2,250. Yeah. Um, when you were filling in the application form in February, you didn't give a thought to that. It will just somehow happen. But you knew that you needed to get that fund funding in quite quickly. So what yes. was your plan? So, as I said, the day before I found out, I did, yeah, I thought to myself, oh, I could do without getting in because that's going to be a real challenge if I need to fundraise. I, I knew it was a lot of work. Um, but as soon as I did find out that I'd got in, that thought went out of my head. I was delighted. Shared all of this with Kath, my friend, right, this is what I think we need to do. We need to, going back to what you said before, having a hook, having people interested in supporting you obviously they're interested in the story I had my own personal experience but I think that there's probably a little bit of fatigue around fundraising do you think do you find that there's fatigue around fundraising it's I've always talked about fundraising being a two-way thing I think I think the successful successful fundraisers give something back um by that I mean you you get something for your money for your donation you get to see a decaying runner's foot or um or a woman dressing up in secondhand clothes every day or you get to hear a speech or you get you you get something back and that connects you with with the with the charity with the cause Absolutely. and I um I do talk about that a lot um and I hear that a lot everybody I've been speaking to on this podcast is saying everything they've done it's connecting with their audience it's so important yeah no absolutely so that was that was what I thought um because I'd fundraised before I thought I can't just go back to the same people and can you know can you sponsor me um so the the things that we set up were um a race night 
I'd done that before. I knew that that was really good for raising money. I knew that a lot of people like them. And so that really does, it is come out for an evening out, we're raising money um, and a quiz night. So they were the two things we first thought about. We kind of thought about maybe a coffee morning or something. Um, we talked about social media and how, you know, we could use that. So at that point, I said to Kev, I'm, I'm going to give Caroline a, I'm going to drop Caroline a note and just see if um, she can support me. And I didn't actually have in mind how you would support me. What I suppose what I was thinking was, could I do something like you did to just attract people to my Instagram? That was what I was trying to do, just attract people to me. And then I could say, I'm fundraising. <laughs> so I think that was what I first came to you for. And you so kindly said, let's meet for coffee. Ooh, <laughs> I love me. Another coffee. coffee. <laughs> when we had a chat, you then really kindly offered to come and do a styling talk, which I thought as soon as you said it was amazing because for me, I would be going to your styling talks every day of the week. So <laughs> if that is something that, you know, people, you can then use that for fundraising, then perfect. So then that turned into our third fundraising event. So I was obviously delighted and more than happy to be part of whatever you wanted you know and I, I there's a couple of things there that I think are really interesting to talk about one is just asking people to help because nine times out of ten people are very willing to give up their time or support in whatever way they can and so never be nervous about asking for help to fundraise because honestly People are generally very, very kind and willing to support. So like I was, I was more than happy to give up a couple of hours and help you and, and um, give a style talk. But I also think that what I wasn't particularly aware of and which I think you were doing very well and probably there was a lot of balls in the air. You had three different fundraising activities going on almost in unison because these things didn't just stop and start stop start stop start they all had to flow together so you were doing managing all that and you were in the background also training for your trek so at that point that four month period there was a lot going on I you know there was a lot going on and um some people I, I talked to just do one activity and it's got a deadline and it's hard other people have done several different things over a period of time and I don't think there's a right or wrong I think it's just an enormous amount of effort and time and um which I which is really what I observed with your fundraising campaigns I didn't see the other two activities but I know how much work you put into your um the styling event which I was more than happy and loved being involved in so you put a lot of work in the background which you should be very proud of thank you yeah there was quite a lot of work going on as I said I was in a really privileged position to be to have some time off work so it did just fit together um I could have done it while I was working but it would have obviously been more stressful yeah so yeah I had some spreadsheets on the go <laughs> love a spreadsheet <laughs> I do I do um <laughs> is that is that a good tip though to, you know to keep everything documented yeah, when you're absolutely. multi well you're multi fundraising absolutely I mean it's not I don't think it's essential that you know which um event raised what but it's pretty nice to know because people like to know people like 
to know what they've been involved in. And also when you've got money coming in from different things. So, for example, we were selling tickets, obviously, for the style event. We were selling tickets for the race night, selling horses. So we did need to keep a, uh, an eye on that, um, you know, allocating properly. So, yes, so the, the, the old spreadsheet was good. And was Copperfield aware of what you were doing or did they give you support or ideas about fundraising or did they just leave you to be creative and so they were so they were su- supportive um they had lots of merchandise so they would send that out and that was really useful um there were a hundred of us so they weren't sort of individually supporting but they were aware and I didn't realize how aware they were until we actually trekked and as soon as we got there, um, the leader said, oh, Diane and Kath, you've done so well with all those events that you've you've done. So because we were putting it on our social media. So they did keep an eye on us, um, which was really nice. And that felt really nice that they knew that we'd put in the effort. Mm. Um, the only thing I did think, and I did give it as feedback to Copperfield, so I can, I can say it. I thought there would be a little bit more support in the sense that... Um, because they are high profile and because they were going to be like high profile team leaders and things, I thought they might put it on their social media a little bit more. So I might be able to share a little bit more because I think that attracts people as well. Yeah. So I, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so if yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I'm like, oh, here's a post from... Um, Giovanna's about the trek that I'm doing I think people might be more likely to say oh because they recognize Giovanna more yeah. than me so yeah that was the only thing and I did say that to them um but apart from that they were really supportive and yeah they were keeping an eye on us all the time even without us knowing so probably they were maybe because we were fundraising so well they didn't need to this is it this is it but also I think it's important that charities and the wider the wider sector um listen to that feedback and think right who are all the stakeholders and and how can we uh, running up to a campaign how can we make it work how can we reach the wider audience the success of fundraising is not just in your local neighborhood or or or, or uk-wide it's worldwide isn't it and anything you're putting on social has a wide reach so um i'm I'm sure that Copperfield, who who seemed to me very savvy on social, I'm sure they took that on board. And it's a good point that you've made. Um, so you were bringing in all this money, trekking programming was going on on a well. You were you were heading to the the, the money was coming in. Sounds to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. really was a big relief for you that you could then focus on the physical challenge. Yeah. So we had a an intermediate target that we had to meet for Copperfield because they needed to cover their costs so once we did that because that was I can't remember at what point that was but it was quite early on so we knew we we needed to get some money in for that so that made us feel much more reassured and relaxed about it um you use the just giving platform for your fundraising how did you find that experience yeah, that's really, really good, actually, because it gives you the opportunity to share your story, share your updates. You can link to it all the time. Everybody, a lot of people want to say, uh, can I have your Just Giving page? And the old QR code is great now. You oh, can say, what? What is this? The QR code. 
So you know those QR codes, those squares with the do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I do. So yeah. if um so if for example, so we got the opportunity to do like a five minute, we're doing this trek. If you're interested um to fundraise, this is where you can find us. And people would got the opportunity to just have their phone and just um you know, we have little posters with QR codes on and it takes you directly to your to the link. So they just take a photo of the QR code and it's taken directly to your link without them having to type in. Oh, you know, just that's so clever. That, I didn't have, I didn't have that during my things. Things have completely moved on. But that sounds such a, a clever. And obviously you can donate from your phone now and yeah. so many multi ways of donating. But I think I think the platform keeping that keeping your audience up to date with where you are on your challenge is Mm. is that you know going back to the engagement we're talking about of how you keep your donor interested in what you're doing because they 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 get presumably they gave the race night or the quiz night or the fashion talk but then we all want to know how you did on the trek yeah yeah so we were able to update them on you know with each event how it went um yeah just a little summary the same as you could on your um instagram or whatever but it, yeah it was just nice if people were going onto your page to see what you were doing it's a nice opportunity it's great yeah i really like so when it. you saw when you saw the money coming in how did that make you feel yeah it's just fantastic i obviously felt relieved for my own personal you know goal that i had to reach but it's really yeah inspiring because not only did we see our you know fundraising coming in but we saw copper fields fundraising coming in and then that's a huge amount of money and while we were trekking actually they would tell us every day you know how it was looking and obviously we're talking about hundreds of thousands of pounds so it is so inspiring and then you think back to Chris Helenga who started it off and you know out of that has come this fabulous charity Mm. and did they talk to you about the difference the money was making um what they talked about is how important it was to empower and make people aware and yeah but that's that's just the most important thing and and every part of it is helping to spread the word and more and more you're hearing it and Mm. about young people who are affected by breast cancer um so that's yeah that's how we knew the money was being spent and that was quite heartwarming to know you know people realize people are helping to make a difference so and ultimately it's all about you know people are getting better outcome more positive outcomes and lives are being saved basically that's it isn't it amazing work and I have to say, you got over that finishing line, Diane. How long? How many steps? How how many blisters? How many nights sleeping in a tent? But you got over it. You did your yeah. trek. Yeah. You completed your challenge. And how did you feel the moment you knew that you could finally take your walking boots off? Oh, it was amazing. And the thing is, Copperfield made it amazing because it it was such a celebration. We we all trekked together on the same day they made it so special because they made a finishing line they made a big celebration and it was so emotional even Kath cried <laughs> even Kath yeah she we laugh because we always say she only cries out of one of her eyes <laughs> <laughs> but these things in life 
there's, there's a whole load of emotion behind that, isn't there, for you personally? Well, Kat lost her mum. Kath lost her mum as well. Her, her mum had breast cancer. Um, ultimately, Kath lost her mum a few years after that. But um, so yeah, so Kath had her story as well. Yeah, it's a lot of emotion behind mm. it. I'm sure and there were a lot of people. A lot of people. There were people on that trek who um, have also got who are just managing their cancer. It's not going to be cured. So that's very emotional as well. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But, and but... these 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 girls are absolutely amazing. You honestly, how they're living with it, they're so inspiring. Mm. You've done two challenges now. If we call this one challenge in itself, I feel like you're becoming a multi fundraiser. <laughs> like I feel like there's more more to happen here. Would I be right? Um, I don't know. It's it is hard work. It's hard work. Who knows? Oh, I like that. Who knows? I think once a fundraiser, always a fundraiser. <laughs> I do. I do like the challenge of the um. You know, right? What What's a new idea? Because I think the styling talk. I was so grateful to you for that, and I think it was different. Yeah. So just thinking of different things like that. I know that we'll be hearing more from you and I want to just thank you so much. I'm going to ask you one final question and I'm going to let you go. What would you say to someone who's never fundraised before? What advice would you give them? Um, well, I think your advice about asking for help. Yeah. Number one. Um, I, yeah, ask everybody. I mean, really briefly, one of the things we did for the race night was it was kind of like a lottery. People had to pay two pounds. Um, but they were getting back a possible £300. So, again, that was a hook. Uh, who doesn't want to, you know, try that? Um, ask everybody. I asked everybody. People were probably frightened to see me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that. some workmen in here. They, I wasn't letting them out the door until they'd given me their oh, £2. I um, so, yeah, ask everybody. Oh, yeah, just see it as, like, it's not, don't look at it as a... Uh, a, a bad challenge look at it as a fun challenge and be creative a creative challenge yeah yeah, yeah. well you're fantastic I think what you did was wonderful and and thank you so much for sharing your own story uh, Diane I know that you. you will inspire a lot of other people I hope a lot of young women and men are listening and I the message there about self-awareness breast awareness is so important i'll put all the links on the um the show notes so if you do want to think about the challenge about the next trek you can find out more about that thank you so much you're incredibly kind to give me your time and i've loved talking to you thank you for coming on what have i done and i hope that i hear far more about your next challenge diane i know there's more to come thank you What Have I Done is a Just Voices production and is sponsored by Just Giving. Edited and mixed by Russ Keffert at Audio Egg and presented by me, Caroline Jones.